Oh, no, that's not how we start the show. No, that's Sorry. Not how we start. <laughs> that's, that would be funny. So we end the if show. We just, the show's already over. I just hit record. It would be funny if we just literally started with Dan's rant saying, this episode was brought to you by, and then that, that would be like 15, yeah. 20 second show. Yeah. That's what we do for, uh, there's your April Fool's bit yeah. right there. Somebody could just check off their daily routine. <laughs> okay, that's done. <laughs> well, I can't wait till April 1st. Oh, that'll be good. That's our bit right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's uh, get the actual Dandoran uh, intro music. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility, which has been fully Christmasized, and from Howard's Kitchen Island upstairs. That is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who used to dream of a white Christmas before getting old cold. It's the two Grinches in long underwear, Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Um, it's uh, email Thursdays, and uh, you just reminded me of something I had uh, thought we should acknowledge. Long underwear? Nope. Okay. There was, uh, today we'll be reading some emails from our fine friends. And, um, yes. I didn't send this to you and I didn't put it aside for me to read. But I think what we should do, I'm trying to find it now. It's from the uh, Baldwin sisters who are just the nicest bunch. They will be at the Kelsey's Gift of Christmas next Wednesday. Yes, but, they'll, they'll they'll arrive in their covered wagon, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll help them inside. Yes, you know, way to way to go in. You know, the what? The Waltons, right? I oh, just the, Waltons. the Waltons. The, the but Baltons. their names are the okay. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I thought you were just randomly <laughs> insulting some of our audience. Uh, I just, now I can't find the uh, email. Do you know the one I'm talking about? They they did this whole the the humble and Fred Grinch right. that stole Christmas. Hmm. Yes. Hang on a second. Oh, I can find it. No, I've got it now, darling. There it is. Okay. Um. So what I thought we would do because it's so sweet and it's so it's how the Grinch stole stole the humble and Fred Christmas podcast. The Humble and Fred version, and it's quite lengthy. They put a lot of work into it. And, uh, you know, it includes everything, just all the people on the program. And I I thought what would be a nice uh, gesture is to put it up on our Facebook page so people can read it and see the effort that the uh, Baldwins, not the Waltons... (laughs) See, that would make sense if their name were the Waltons. No, but on the Waltons, there was two sisters named the Baldwin sisters, and that's where that came from originally. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Howie. Um, Well, I I certainly can't match your uh, your, your, your Walton uh, references. Yeah, no. <laughs> although it, it was fun. no, it was no, really, it was funny the other day <clears throat> we were talking to uh, was it um, Bill Brio about the uh, Ponderosa? 
Yes. And you brought up Pop Singh. I was literally <laughs> just about to bring up the fact that one of the characters was named Hop Singh. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. And just the way he walked and he had the ponytail and the little, oh, yeah. you know, stereotypical hat. And my goodness. Yep. You know, Mike Stafford used to be known for his, uh, you know, Simpsons trivia. I'm known for my Walton's trivia. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Every Hundy P down in Hundy Peeville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Hundy Peeville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. And then it goes on for about uh, 15 or 20 more of those. Maybe we should record it and uh, play it uh, really close to Christmas on one of your, instead of, you know, one of the uh, repeat right. podcasts, just put that one up as a special just before, uh, just before Christmas. Like now, would we know an exceptional voice actor who maybe could read that? <laughs> no, well, would we, we know such we, a thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> we know here's, the first here's the thing. We do know one, but recording with him would be so tedious. <laughs> We'll just give it to him and, yeah, I'll tell and you let what. him spend eight hours with it. Exactly. I'll tell you what, Dan. I'm gonna, <laughs> yes. That's a much better idea. I will record. I will send you this. I'm going to send it to you right now. Dan right. Duran, Grinch, and it's all. Uh, there you go. And um, where where would we play this? Just as a, as a single yeah, standalone? Like a, one of the, uh, yeah. Spotify around. highlight, you know, or, you know, whatever. Wherever you listen to the show, it will be available just like a show. I think that's a grand idea. So, okay, we'll not put it on Facebook then, Baldwin Sisters. Dan Duran, imagine that the imagine when they hear the great voice actor Dan Duran is going to record this, and then we'll just have to you we'll have to put it into the system so that it runs maybe on Christmas uh, Day. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, there we go. That's um, great. That is great news. And I know it's email Thursday, but this could kill two birds with one stone. I'm referencing another uh, email right now from our producer, Toronto Mike. He wrote yesterday, I'll pop on tomorrow during Dan's news to play a minute or so of Miles Goodwin on Humble and Fred so we can properly pay our respects to this Canadian rock god who has passed away. Now, I get a little feeling through that that he was a bit annoyed that we haven't talked about that this week so far. Um, But, Howard, remember Monday morning uh, after our break, prior to the show, we actually discussed Miles Goodwin, Mm -hmm. his passing away. And uh, so we were aware of it. And remember, we had a small conversation about it, but I guess we never did get to it. Now I feel a bit dirty. Uh, for not doing <laughs> this is this is what makes you feel dirty. Yeah, we live in completely different worlds. Jesus, this is this is what the uh, Toronto Mike email makes you feel all weird. Oh yeah, I feel like I, uh, you know, I've uh, I've disrespected a Canadian uh, musical icon. But as I said to you prior to the show on Monday, I, you know, I I really can't speak to it a lot. Yeah, April Wine and all that, but. I don't have any Miles Goodwin stories. I'm sure you and Dan do. So if you well, I have the same respect. story every time we bring him up. I mean, it was great having him on the show. I, it was the very first concert I ever went to. Right. It was at the Moose Jaw Civic Center, which is no longer there, Dan. It was the mm-hmm. sort of um, interesting building. Interesting. Uh, that, that building at the top of Main Street with the um, 
They don't build. They don't make these rinks like that anymore. It was like a big giant dip in the middle of it. It was, was weirdly designed. So the first concert I ever saw was April Wine and Heart was the opening band. When I played as a kid, guitar and such, I played a lot of April Wine songs. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite bands as a kid. And along with, along with Trooper and Stampeders. I like the Troopers. I like the Stampeders. Sorry. I like CanCon, Dan. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, at the time, I mean, you know, it was, uh, they'd actually come to your town or city, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I used to think the Stampeders were a big deal. Sweet City Woman. I yeah. love Trooper. Raise a Little Hell. I love Doug and the Slugs. I love the Powder Blues. But right these, on. those are all Western Canadian. Fantastic. Bands. Now, I thought, Canadian, as far as uh, Canadian rock and roll from the 70s go, April Wine outsold all of those bands. They're probably the biggest selling Canadian artist of that time outside of, sure. say, Neil Young and, and Joni well, yeah. Mitchell. But see, I've always been that with rock and roll. Like, I know band names, but I never really take the time to get to know the individuals within the bands, unless they're huge. But help me with this. You know, in recent history, Gord Downey has died, Robbie Robertson, Ronnie Hawkins, Gordon Lightfoot. Where does he rank with those people? See, when I would see their death notices, when I saw them, it's like, oh, geez, Neil Peart as well. Uh, you know, he would rank. I tell you what, he he was recently. Uh, I read this somewhere in, in the the death news. He was recently inducted into the Canadian Songwriter Hall of Fame. Like he is considered, sure. uh, you know, m- maybe not at that level, but le- whatever level is just below that. I'm being serious. Like Miles Goodwin wrote songs that sold millions of records. April mm-hmm. Wine in the late '70s and early '80s was probably at that time. One of the biggest Canadian bands. Now, as far as you feeling dirty about us not talking about it, we did mention, I think even on the show, okay. we were going to bring it up at some point. We just... All right. <laughs> whenever, whenever I say bring it up, I just think about puking. We're going to yeah. bring up. Mom, I don't want to bring up. I don't want to bring up. Dan, do you feel like... Dan, how many times during a typical Humble and Fred show do you feel like bringing up? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually just before we go on, and then, uh, you know, pretty regularly. It's a regular thing, yeah. But as far as, uh, you know, that level of that level of songwriter, Gordy Light, uh, Gordon right. Lightfoot, Gordy Downey, yeah, I don't know that Miles Goodwin, you know, maybe not quite at that level, but, I, but pretty close in terms of, you know, a significance to a lot of people, a lot of our audience, too, but, you know, guys our age that grew up with. And, and I didn't, those bands I mentioned were Western Canadian sort of bands, but April yes. Wine was a national touring act. Oh, without a doubt. So anyway, that's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, towards the end of uh, today's show, you will hear a snippet of the interview with Miles Goodwin. He appeared on the show. Uh, where that was, I don't know. Not that long ago, a couple years ago. Okay. All right. And I, so, my, I, I'll tell you, I'll, I, I have a quick story that I will tell when Toronto Mike shows up about having the opportunity to golf with Miles Goodwin. Oh. And how it was pretty freaky for me. I know I met him through my friend uh Gilmore. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Fuck. It's <laughs> just the way your head tilted. You're like, what was that guy? Oh my god, I can't think <laughs> can't of his name. Guy's name. Hey, uh, speaking of passing, I just happen to have this up on my Spotify. 
I had been searching out Fly on the Wall, the uh, David Spade and Dana Carvey podcast. While we were on that one week break when you were in Florida, I think that was the week or maybe before when Dana Carvey's son passed away. Oh, I re- yeah, I read yeah, that. Article, yes. yeah. Do you guys are aware of that? Yeah, I'm a very young kid, like 30 years old, accidental <laughs> overdose. Mm. Jeez. Can't imagine. And the, 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 the episodes that Dana Carvey and David Spade have recorded, there's a couple of recent ones, but I guess they recorded them before this happened because I kept looking at the notes wondering if uh, Dana Carvey mm. was going to talk about it. But yeah, it was really sad. Yeah, how do you recover from that? I mean, even to do a podcast, like how do you sit there and open the mics when your kid has just died? Mm. Don't be surprised if there's uh, maybe a a lull in that presentation. Uh, Speaking of podcasts, I listened to the latest episode of Smartless yesterday with Emma Stone. I don't know about you guys, but I, and I don't want to sound creepy, but to me she is... I just find her very attractive. And and she's got a great person. I, I listened to the whole thing yesterday. I was, uh, mm-hmm. She's really, she's who you'd think she would be. Very funny. Very, she laughed along and, and uh, it was a pretty good interview as those guys go. Do you, uh, are you aware of who she is, Dan? She's the sort of redhead, now blonde from like a La La Land and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. those type of no, movies. I- I didn't. Ha- I haven't had much of an opinion. It's like she seemed like a nice person, and yeah. Thing. But yeah, I didn't. I don't. I think, well, let, I don't so think I've got let me put it this way: going on for her. she doesn't make you bring up, right? She makes yeah. you uh, okay. Oh, well, in a way, maybe. Um, <laughs> she certainly certainly does for me. And I found out something about her yesterday. I thought she was a redhead, mm-hmm. but she's not. But apparently, when she first went to, she was in some movie, and there was a somebody else in the movie. They thought you know should have one hair color. Anyway, she dyed her hair, and that's not her natural hair color. But she was good, and the um, you know, and it was a funny episode. That uh, movie you referenced, La La Land. I mean, there's a great example of why. You should never prejudge. Because I remember when they talked about that movie and what it was, I thought, ah, I don't think I'm going to be into that. And I watched it. I loved it. Beginning, middle, and end. I yeah, like that, that movie. And she won the Oscar for that movie, by the way. Yeah. It was, uh, what would you call that movie? Was it a musical? Yeah. Like, what, what do you call that? Yeah, it's sort of a, a different type of musical. But yeah. I love that movie, too. Was, I didn't mm-hmm. think I would. I'm not big on when people just start dancing in the middle of a street. On that point, further to that point, in a different type of way, I started watching Winning Time last night. The You know, the L.A. Laker Dynasty, season one, first three episodes. When it started, I was very unhappy. You know, and I don't know if it's a technique or, or, or a format when, when the actors talk to the camera. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate that. So when it started that way, I'm thinking, oh, no, really? But it was so good, I sort of, I started to overlook that. But I don't like, I don't like that. What, okay, what do you call well. that? Is, does that have a name? Um yeah, well, they there's you know they they, they talk about it. They, the the phrase is breaking the fourth wall when the actor okay. speaks to the audience. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I mean, the the best it's ever been done for me is The Office. 
Okay. Yeah. But the way they do it is the actors don't talk to the audience while they're interacting with one another, but mm-hmm. they're, they, they do these things where they cut away. Dan, you know what I'm talking about, where they cut That's away. It's more of a testimonial. It's they call their, it, their, or little wh- yeah, confessionals or whatever, but I, I think they okay. do a great job. But I know what you mean. Like, and, and I didn't find it so disconcerting <laughs> that it made me unhappy. Well, I looked at Dahl and I said, oh, I'm not going to like this. I did. <laughs> and I think she said something. Oh, give it a chance. And I, okay. Rational no. Doll. Don't prejudge. Don't prejudge. Rational it's Doll. Sports. Yeah. It's sports. Give it a chance. So, uh, but after a while, as a matter of fact, in the, I think the farther you get into it, the less they do it or yes. whatever. But yeah, um, it becomes very subtle. Very subtle. Didn't notice it. And. Uh, again, I'm late to the party here, but I really enjoyed the first three episodes. It was highly recommended by you and several other people, and I can see why. We were talking about it a little bit before the show, Dan, uh, Fred and I, about this episode, the first three episodes of this series. And I said to Fred that and this is a phenomenon we've spoken about on the show. And I wonder if this resonates with you, which is I'll really like something. I watch a couple of seasons sometimes. Like I, I always use Shameless as an example. I love that show and watch three or four seasons of it. And then when they take a break, it might be six months before it comes back. And by the time it comes back, you know, it's almost like uh, your tastes change or something or just not in the same mood or it's summer, whatever it is. To, you know what I mean? Like, and, and this is a perfect example. I said to Fred, well, I think season two came out of uh, winning time. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And I haven't gone back. See, I'll tell you what, though. If, like you now, you'll go through season one and get right to season two. Yeah. And that's more, I'm more likely to do that if I can keep going. Right. But what is it that well, when we come? You know, well, part, part of that is that you, you, you've lost interest in it somewhere along the line. Yeah. And you uh, you feel if you're going to continue on with the next one, you're going you're gonna to have to go back. And you yes. know, do a recap. You feel like you've missed too much stuff because you don't remember because you've watched a whole bunch <laughs> well, of other stuff. Dude, a second ago, I couldn't remember the guy's name who I've known for 30 years. Yeah, well, there you go. How am I expected <laughs> to remember what happened in season one of something? Yeah. The one that sticks out for me was Dexter. How quickly I lost interest in that. I think it was. Yes. After season five, it was. But, Howard, I still haven't seen season two of Welcome to Wrexham because I. I saw the first couple, and I thought, this seems a lot different than the yes. first season. And as you have explained to me, give it time, I, I, I haven't taken that time yet. But uh, how much I love the first season of that, I still haven't seen the second season. I waited through a bunch of... I, I, I think I watched it partly, and I finished it in Mexico. There's about four or five episodes in season two of that series that I you could just skip. They're fine. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. not the same spirit. Right. Dan, I've got a story for you here, if you don't mind. I, I'd love it. I, I just wanted to mention that I, I've, I've, I've known the, the term, the fourth wall, forever. Sure. Like you. Mm-hmm. But I never thought of, what are the other walls? And uh, it, I did checked with the Oracle. And uh, it's interesting. That it's the, it's the uh, like if you're in the audience of a stage, the three walls are the, you know, the left and the right and yeah, the back. And the backstage, yeah, sure. And the fourth wall is, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall is when mm-hmm. they talk to the audience directly. Yeah, I never knew that before. Yeah, there's, there's a few plays that are famous for that. There's a Tennessee Williams play where the narrator of the, of the story starts off by talking to the audience and i still remember that reading it in high school or whatever when did i even go to high school whatever whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever level of school i ended up going to i always remember thinking that's cool this guy's speaking directly to us Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, what were you going to say? Well, Dan, again, uh, you know, we have our big Kelsey's Humble and Fred gift of Christmas next Wednesday. All the emails have been sent out. We're having our big meeting today at the uh, location. All the all our big staff's going to be there and some people from Kelsey's we're going to walk through. But I think some of the audience might be a little nervous because of Dan's hatred of the fat. You know, <laughs> I and I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, hey, certain people have prejudices, you know, mm-hmm. Dan just uh, can't stand overweight people. I mean, you know, yeah, he's a great guy. Other than that, folks, we, we both love him right now. Well, do you have something to say, Fred? <laughs> Dan thinks every restaurant should have a cardboard cutout when you walk in. Mm. If you can't, if you can't fit through the hole, you're not allowed in. That's right, because he doesn't want to be disturbed. He doesn't want to see you eating. <laughs> Southwest Airlines is praised for its customers of size policy that allows overweight flyers to purchase one seat and get another one. Complimentary. Wow. Yes. How can they afford to do that? I don't know, man. I mean, it's America. It's they're more the pop the, the percentage of population that is morbidly obese is pretty high. Yes. And uh, in the in the article here that shows two women, honest, they're they're let's just say they're larger. They're very large. They're not just. Big, they're extremely large women. I'm talking about three and hundred pounds plus. And it's a picture of one of them happily sitting uh, in a seat with nobody beside her so she can be comfortable. So that has to be those seats that with the arms. That yes, with the arm that folds up. Yes, it's a yeah. it's a seat like that. Yes. Yeah. There's so much to that. I could see having to buy two seats, but say I want to get on that flight and it's sold out because one obese person gets two seats and only pays for one. That doesn't really add up to me. Say no. I have to get somewhere. Say someone died and I had to get to the funeral. Say, Miles, you have to get to Miles Goodwin's funeral. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's sort of weird, but. But what about this, Dan? What if, like, I, I mean, I, I thought when I thought I saw this article, I thought of you because I'm because you hate the fat. Um, I thought, well, this will this might be one of those things where Dan would be outraged. And again, to your point about wanting to get on the flight, what if you identify as obese? You know, what if that's your? Even though you're not, you identify and you're, you feel inside that you're really an obese person. <laughs> so it's you know like want you, extra room around yeah, you and, and you you go as, to the say listen in i even though i don't outwardly look obese inside right. i feel obese well there you go and i would like That's, to you know, i would like a second right. seat we should uh you know fly the southwest and try that out let's do it let's go somewhere southwest and uh i identify as uh as obese and then see if, you, if it works That's if it right. works great what if they thought of that? <laughs> or, or you show up and you've got like a bunch of pillows, you know, yeah. tucked into your oversized baggy overalls or whatever you're wearing. Like Fat Bastard on one of those. <laughs> That's right. What movie was that? Uh, was that Austin Powers? Yes. Fat Starring Gil Moore. Um, yeah. Um, Monday night flying back from Orlando. It was one of those planes, three, you know, three on each side and three in the middle. Yep. Each, you know, those that configuration. 
Dahl and I are in the middle. She, I give her the aisle. I'm in the middle. And the guy that came for the other aisle seat was large. He was a big fella, hefty fella. And I felt a bit bad because when I was sitting there, he looked down at me and he goes, he said hi to me. And I could tell he was a bit embarrassed. And then he sort of snuggled into the seat. And I could feel the side of his body touching me. But then Dahl just sort of lifted her armrest and I could sort of lean into her. But I actually felt a bit bad for the guy because he knew, you know, those seats are so small. And as soon as he sat down, I thought, now, am I going to smell gut cheese this whole flight? Mm. Because sometimes with guys like that, you know, yeah. you smell gut cheese. gut cheese. But I didn't. He was, it was fine. So Can you the imagine? It wasn't that bad. Well, when we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that was Dan, though? He would, he would have gotten up and uh, mm-hmm. said, I can't sit here. <laughs> he I can't be. What if there's a camera? I can't be seen with this you know the a situation uh, like that. Did you did you think like I have to go to the bathroom, but I'm not going to bother because it's just too much work. Well, no, you could, he could get out on the doll side. Yeah. I could oh, okay. Oh, he was in the window seat. I, I, I misunderstood. But no, he, he was, was in, in the, the middle. No, he I was, was on, in the middle. Yeah, Fred was in the middle. The aisle. Yeah, but you were. He was. Want... Fred was in the middle configuration. So the yeah, giant no, I got man. That. I just thought that the guy was on the uh, aisle side. I didn't realize. Well, doll was on the aisle side too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You so see, there's three in the middle. There's again. two aisle seats and one in the middle. I was in the middle. Oh, okay. See, right. see if it was That's me, though, I would, of course, announce to the flight staff that I can't sit here because if I'm needed to fly the plane, I'm going to have to get out in a hurry. <laughs> right. Quickly. <laughs> get out. And, you know, I tell that story. And, Howard, I had mentioned to you, I sleep very well on a plane. I got on this plane before it took off. I was asleep. And when I woke up, it was landing. So the whole experience with the hefty guy beside me, I I mean, you know, I don't even know if it could have been an issue because I was sleeping. And I can just imagine what he's saying. Fuck, I was sitting beside this guy. His mouth was open and he was (laughs) snoring. Yeah. And his mouth smelled like gut cheese. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. On a serious note with this, if this becomes the policy of airlines... You know, jokey jokes aside, there is a difference between overweight and somebody that is morbidly obese. Oh, so but who's to decide like you're who's going to make that call? And and would they then start to have policy around what is and what isn't considered obese? And then to your point about, you know, flights being full. Mm hmm. Do yeah. they do they accommodate people that aren't obese? Like I'm, there's a whole world they're opening up because, as I said, just imagine you're the person at the gate or the I'm sorry, at the uh, when you check in and you're supposed to make a call on somebody's level of obesity. Well, as I say, maybe they could have one of the, you know, the, that thing you have to put your carry on in to make sure it's the right size. <laughs> That's right. Have one for oh, have one for fat people. You got to walk through this thing. And if you're if you're, you know, if your sides touch the side, you sorry, you're going to have to take a, you know, a ship. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, where I thought you were going is I thought you'd be like, OK, if you sit in the seat that if some of you oh. spills out to the other seat, you get a free seat. Sorry, you have to go by ship. (laughs) You have to to leave the prairies. You have to go find a ship somewhere. 
Yes. Okay. Well. Anyway, I thought Dan Duran. You know, you. I just. You know, I. I, I just. Uh, he's just Dan Duran is so fair and so kind, except when he it is. comes to the fat. Hmm. <laughs> hey Dan, hey, uh, Dan this uh, is this is the part where you're supposed to peel off a bunch of fat jokes. Come on, <laughs> that's right. That's Dan, get her that's going, buddy. You know, that's me. Always making fat jokes. Oh yeah, like last night we were having dinner. It was one fat joke after another. <laughs> I don't know where they've gone. <laughs> oh, by the way, how was the chicken soup and salad? Oh, it was very good. You did uh, yeah, soup and salad as a you know was very good. Mm-hmm. It was a a hearty salad and a hearty soup, and they both had uh, great flavors. And uh, I appreciate the, uh, the the walking away from that feeling healthy. Had a lot of healthy food last night at the uh, Howman's house. What kind of bread did you have? Like a uh, like a nice uh, multi grain or something to mm-hmm. maintain so, the like a baguette ba- baguette. Yeah, that uh-huh. was uh, toasted. Put a little mm-hmm. butter. On I it. did not make the garlic bread from scratch because I was just, I thought I was right. too nervous. What if Dan, you know, criticized it? So I just said, Dan, I'm going to toast this bread and you can throw some butter on it. But uh, yeah. he took enough culinary risks getting there, having mm-hmm. new recipes that I've never had before. So there you go. Oh, the That's chicken why soup I feel great. so inadequate to you guys. You both have bags. I have a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you see, Dan, these are called little funny jokes that we do. Uh, jokey jokes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See the, where it came from and all and how it uh, weaves. Hey, did you? Uh, <laughs> w- did we talk about uh, the, the dead people? Uh, Norman Lear died when uh, last week when you guys... No, were, we uh, didn't were, talk right? about that. No. And, uh, and Ryan O'Neill also passed away. Yep. Yes. I saw that. Ryan O'Neill. That made me feel a little bit old because I do recall him being the young, cool, you know, movie star of the 70s and... Listen, I remember sitting and watching Peyton Place with my mother. Again, that's how old I am. That's where he got his start, remember? Peyton Place. I don't recall Yeah, that was the name of a show. Oh, I remember the show. show. I absolutely remember it. Yeah, absolutely. I used to sit with my mom and watch a lot of those shows. I miss Junie. Oh, well. You miss your mom, Howard. <laughs> you know, it's. I was just saying, like, it was this. Is this the show has got so many layers to it today? Yeah, um, mommy. You used to say that for the, the, you know the funny thing is, yeah. may I say funny, interesting, interesting, funny, funny. For many, because my mom died way early. I had the fried the early mom death. I was thirty four. I think yeah. all of your moms were still alive. Mm-hmm. And. For many years on the show, anytime mums would come up, you would turn to me during a funny, humble, and Fred morning and go, do you miss your mom? <laughs> like, fuck. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't. That whore. <laughs> but now that all the mums are dead, all the mums are dead. It, what Ryan O'Neill, so his daughter was Tatum O'Neill. Who was Ryan O'Neill married to? Was he? Ali McBeal. Ali no, Ali McGraw. It? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or were they? No, actually, no. They were that in a, a movie. movie. A love Story. Love right? Story. Okay. That was the big thing. Right. right. She was married to the guy that produced The Godfather, then went off and had an affair, and their right. marriage ended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Tatum, Tatum O'Neill yeah. was married to John McEnroe, remember? Right. And McEnroe was... Uh, was Ryan O'Neill's son-in-law. This this episode of Entertainment Tonight from the 1970s, everybody. 
Yeah. So, yeah, but I heard that uh, Norman Lear, you know, you talk about somebody that had a huge influence on American, Canadian, North American, worldwide culture in the 70s. Norman Lear, of course, famously produced All in the Family. And then a million sitcoms. Do you have a list of the sitcoms there in front of you? Somebody? Uh, no, not. Oh, okay. Dan. Sorry. Dan brought it up. <laughs> it's Dan. Dan, <laughs> you're Norman Lear shows. Okay, yeah, here we go. Good Times, The Jeffersons, All in the Family, Jesus. One Day at a Time, Sanford and Son, Maud, Facts of Life. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. All Norman Lear shows. Somebody to be able to really address this would be uh, Lumby because he just loved All in the Family. Was his one of his? Well, that was so. That was all. So Freddie and me as well, buddy. I yeah. love it. I still watch it. There's like so. It's, there's a, a, it's amazing. There's a list of. I've got. There's about twenty five shows here. Mm-hmm. Archie Bunker's Place. <clears throat> Mary Hartman. Remember? Remember Mary Hartman? Mary Hartman. Mm-hmm. That was another big yeah. show, show in the seventies. Yeah. And the guy lived to 101, so not only was he, you know, super creative, fabulously rich, but he got to enjoy it for a long time. Isn't that... Look at that, eh? Wow. 101 years old. Just crazy. It's a long time. 1922 to 2023. Yeah, well... Crazy stuff. My dad, my father, Louis, Louis Glassman... Uh, the brothers and I are on a, you know, brothers chat on WhatsApp. And uh, I guess a week ago, Stephen said, hey, you know, this would have been Lou's birthday, December 5th. Mm-hmm. And I think my dad, if I'm not mistaken, would have been 100 years old. So he was just born 23. Wow. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? But think about this. Your father's sort of similar. I'm, I'm like, I'm your your dad's within ten years of that. I would imagine. Who? My dad? Both of you guys. Your father would have been. Yeah, born. my dad was twenty five. Right, nineteen twenty five. And Dan's father probably twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. But think about this: we're just one generation. Our parents' parents were mm-hmm. born in the eighteen hundreds or so. Well, yeah, my grandfather, Fred, was born in 1899, the guy I'm named after. Oh, you really? You're named after? Your name's Fred. Interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my parents' parents would have been born in Russia in the sure. late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Dan, do you know, does that not blow your mind? Howard, did you see the... I'm scared. Well, hang on a second. Was there no response from... There's no... Oh, no, no, no. This entire show is me and Time you... passages. No, Time no passages. That, the entire Howard. show is you and I trying to see what blows Dan's mind. Right. But did you... Did you... I texted you a Facebook thing yesterday. Yes, I saw it. It was of fabulous. A, a reconditioned few minutes of uh, Manhattan, I think in 1911. 1911. Yeah. Well... When I, the reason I say you that is because I know you love New York and everything, and it, this thing had been retouched, and it's fascinating to watch. I don't know if the sound is genuine, but the point being how far we've come, mm-hmm. and we've said this many times in the past 100-plus years, not even 100-plus years, within the last 100 years, when you look at that, uh, the scenes of New York in 1911, 
you know, it's again, it's covered wagons or uh, coaches and with horses in the street. And, you know, a lot of buildings haven't been built yet, so to speak. People wandering around. I, by the way, I there was no TV. Radio was in its infancy. Yeah. No cars like on and on. And I wanted on to thank on. you for sending me that. Yeah. I have seen it before. Oh, okay. But I, I, I hadn't seen it for a while. And I sent it to my mm-hmm. brothers. As, as I said, hey, if you guys... If you haven't seen this before, it's people walking around the street in bolt in straw hats because it's summertime. Yeah, as you say, there's there's horse drawn carriages. There's a few little trolley cars, mm-hmm. and that's that's 15 years or whatever 12, 12 years before my dad was born. Whatever, right? So you think about it, like you know, what we got we got onto this because of Norman Lear. So think about what he's seen because when oh, yeah. Norman Lear was born. Talk about forget obese people on airplanes. Mm-hmm. They did. They didn't do airplanes. No, it's just wild what our parents saw. You know, when my mom died in 2014, she was pretty computer savvy. But just so just imagine that. You know, when she was a kid, there were no TVs. You know, you were lucky to have a radio. Listen, when my mom was a teenager. They lived in Thornhill. The bathroom was outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, imagine that. T- telling a teenage girl in the GTA right now that the bathroom's outside. <laughs> it's like- I've told you this. My mother's father, my grandfather, and both sides of my parents were both born in the 1800s, came to Canada from Russia, barely spoke English, mostly mm-hmm. spoke Yiddish, which is kind of like Jewish and Hebrew and German and you're in Russian. My, my my mother's father delivered milk from a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Mm. In Winnipeg, in, in as modern, in the modern times. Uh, but back to Norman Lear, if you, yeah, if you don't, you know his name. You went, it isn't, um, no, I'm thinking of Aaron Spelling. Like, Norman Lear is just one of those guys who is a, a huge influence on, on, on culture at one time. But most people listening under 45 or so would not know who he is. Yeah, something else. And it, it's just, you know, the tributes. Uh, you know, everybody doesn't like something, but nobody didn't like Norman Lear. That's for sure. Because like his, you just got the feeling, right? His whole demeanor to throw all those shows together and organize all that stuff and be responsible. Everybody just loved the guy. And the thing is, if Norman Lear touched you as an actor, you were, you made it. <laughs> you had made it. Net worth two hundred million. Mm-hmm. I would have thought yeah. more, but that you know, mm-hmm. two hundred million. A lot of those shows I just mentioned ran for multiple, multiple seasons. Like All oh, in the yeah. Family ran for 10 years. Maud ran for 10 years. One Day at a Time ran for nine years. Yeah. And a lot of those were outside the uh, residual era as well. Yeah, but he was the of producer them. of that show. So, Oh, he would have got I mean, oh, the yeah. actors. Like now all the actors get a piece of that stuff. But Hey, Dan, did you remember that show One Day then. at a Time? Yeah. Do you remember Valerie Bertinelli? I do. I actually acted in a movie with her once. What? Did you really? That's was there a sex her. scene? <laughs> I was just about to ask you, did a young Dan no, Gebert, get, no. did Valerie Bertinelli give a young Dan Gebert a little minor boner? Yeah, no, no, no. It, was, it, was, it wasn't when she was that young anymore. She was, you know, already had kids. And That was one of the weird things, right? She's married to Eddie Van Halen and they looked yeah. alike. 
Yeah, that I know. Was weird. It's kind of, it was kind it of was weird. weird. Yeah. Uh, Dan, can you lean into your microphone and tell us about this time you worked with Valerie Bertinelli? Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't a very long scene. It was a quick scene at a dentist's office. I don't remember the name. You of were the playing movie the anchor man in a dentist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the few that I was not. What were you, What were you in this movie? I, I'm just a guy in a dentist's office. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what the, the scene. I'll have to look it up. Does she look to you and say, yeah. are you the man from the news? <laughs> she well, it was very nice. I just remember having conversations uh, with people around her and uh, just talking about her son. What what was her son's name? Wolf or something? Wolfie. Yes. Wolfie, yeah. Wolfgang. And there was some sort of thing going on that she had to talk to him or and talk to Did you not speak to her directly or were you too shy? No, I did. It was sort of like just casual conversation but i you know i didn't know a whole lot about you know what am i going to say to, to i know the, that conversation with uh, mm-hmm. her talking about eddie being eddie van halen and right and, um well, did you have lines in this scene or were you just standing there looking beautiful i think i had uh, like a couple of lines that's cool did man. you give her a dandoran tote bag <laughs> <laughs> there's a reference <laughs> i you know and no when what were what age were you when you first realized you were different than all the other boys in the locker room. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. We, you know, I remember, you know, that. pardon me? Way after locker rooms. Yeah, I mean, because we all had to change for gym, you know, with the uh, Palliser Heights where I went, and then later uh, Central. You know, did the other boys look at you and go, what the fuck is going on there, Dan Duran? You know, I was I was a shy kid. I was I didn't no. want to change in front of anybody. All right, well, I guess the, no, no, exactly. Why humiliate them? <laughs> That's right, <laughs> teacher. That's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie like Freddie liked that question. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, well, listen, man, we got to get going because we we're way late. We've just taken forever to start the show. And Dan, we uh, we appreciate you. Uh, Dan's going to come back and do uh, some news. And uh, Mike uh, is going to be here. We're going to talk about April Wines. Uh, actually, they're going to continue. I read an article that the band's going to continue. He kind of pulled back a couple months ago. I guess he knew he was well or something, but... Uh, so we'll talk about that. And, of course, our emails are coming up here in a second. But first, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, whether you're a sports bet or a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. How about tonight, ladies and gentlemen? Your Maple Leafs minus 290 against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, at uh, Scotiabank Arena. And uh, a Thursday night football, it's the Chargers and Raiders. The Raiders at home favored minus three. And this just announced by the NFL, they will play a regular season game in Brazil wow. next season. So you're up to date with the sports stuff. Those numbers come from Bodog. Hey, um, Bills are playing... Dallas. Uh, it's a sun- is it Sunday afternoon or Sunday night? 425 Sunday late afternoon game. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to tape the end of the PNC golf challenge. Tiger's playing with his kid. And oh, I will. Is it that time of year again? I love that. I yeah. Love he's playing, uh, fr- I think, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But pl- Tiger plays with uh, Charlie, his son. 
But I will be, uh, because I, it's funny, I thought about that. I think, okay, if it's a 425 game, I will stop watching the golf. I'll stop watching Tiger Woods so I can see. Is it okay if I call them my bills? Is that too uh, much of a bandwagon? No, no. Well, you know my position on bandwagon. I know. It's completely acceptable. Well, I wouldn't say it's a bandwagon now. I'm into season, no. at least season three of watching multiple Bills games. But I, uh, I will be watching that on Sunday. Uh, if you want to watch some games, I say uh, go to Kelsey's, the original Roadhouse. Uh, we're going to be there next Wednesday. We're going over there to uh, today, as I've mentioned. You can enjoy a, a Molson Canadian Draft 16-ouncer for only six fifty. You can enter your for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. You know, all you have to do is visit a roadhouse, get a ticket, enter to win. But Thursdays are special at Kelsey's because they have been winging it since 1978. They're legendary chicken wings. I might have some wings today, actually. I like oh, the right uh, the dry rub. Uh, Half-price oh. wings every Thursday. Half-price. Sauced and styled. How you like them. And you can wash it down on Thursdays. Check this price. With a $6 Coors. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Offer valid with a purchase of a beverage must be of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. Visit kelseys.ca for more details. One thing about April Wine songs, that uh, as much as I liked the band as a kid... They were really part of that wave of the early 70s when CanCon regulations uh, came into radio. And a lot of the stuff that was produced in the 70s wasn't of a quality that came later. It set the stage for Canadian acts to uh, develop. For sure it did. But the uh, I always like listening to the production on these songs because, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's different than what came later. Oh, yeah. It's not the greatest production, is what Howard well, was Well, even, even the evolution of the live show, when you saw, like, the Beatles at Candlestick Park or Shea Stadium. Right. They have this stage and these little tiny amplifiers. <laughs> oh, I know. Like you would have in an indoor facility. And now, obviously, what they use for uh, stadium shows is something else, obviously. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, the great, a lot of the great artists that came from Canada after the 70s, mm-hmm. the... The, the production was completely different. You know, the sure Brian Adams and, you know, Hart, I'm sorry, Rush and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, let's get uh, to it today. Frederick, you've got all the emails. Let me just uh, want to acknowledge our friends at uh, Palma Pasta who are bringing you the email show today and uh, and have uh, been such a great supporters of us this year. It's uh, they're so nice. I'm going to drop by tomorrow. Say hi to the family there at uh, Palmas Kitchen. And uh, don't forget that you can go uh, if you're not. If you, listen, there's a, a location in Oakville, one in uh, four in one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. But you don't have to go there. You can just order online anywhere in the GTA. They do uh, corporate events and they deliver. Uh, go to PalmaPasta.com. You ready, Freddie? Yes, right on. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. First email from Richard Bullis. Subject matter, Jeff Merrick. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Full disclosure, I'm 60 years old. It was a thrill to hear Jeff Merrick reference early 70s Maple Leaf defenseman Jim Dory. 
He is my favorite Leaf of all time. That's wild. Jim Dory. Number eight, Jim Dory. I remember him well. Uh, my question is to you fellows, do you guys believe we'll ever see a cup in Toronto in the next 10 years? He goes on to say heart rate. Okay. Bowel movement. Intermittent fasting has led to fewer dumps. Love you guys. Cheers. Rich. But uh, the question could happen very easily could not happen. You know, as, you know, as I say, as the team sits today, no, I don't think they have any chance at the Stanley Cup. They don't have the profile of a Stanley Cup, a four-round team. Uh, that's my... But it could always change. A couple of trades, a couple of moves, who knows. What's the uh, general manager's name this uh, year? Treleving. Treleving. Brad Treleving. His dad is that Boston pizza guy. Oh, is that right? From... Yes. Uh, Mm-hmm. Shark Tank or whatever that yeah. uh, no that's yeah. not what's it called no the Canada? Canadian one yeah yeah Dragon's Den or something but Dragon's Den yeah that's his dad I kind of wanted to ask you yesterday because I, I to be honest didn't know we had changed general managers but I kind of remember that what's his face left mm-hmm. yes I did vaguely uh, remember Dubis. it yeah Dumas mm-hmm. what do you think of that guy which guy Trevembling. Oh, I, fine you know he was he was came from Calgary he did all right. You know, really didn't have the resources to put them over the top. But Howard, you know, you know, you're talking to a guy. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. You know, high profile, low profile. It's always the the same result. So you ask me about this guy. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) Will Um, he just be another guy who leaves town not having got the job done? Well, I think if, if you haven't heard our show with Merrick, I thought it was great. I went back mm-hmm. and listened to it. I, did, I took some audio off for some of my friends. And, yeah, we, I think Jeff makes some good points. You did as well about just that, that is this team, could this team win a cup? Well, maybe. But they uh, for as long as I've been in Toronto, the I've heard of this discussion about how bad the defense is. I'm like, you had yeah. 34 years. Maybe fix it already. Hi, guys. Hi uh, this guys. comes from Paul Hi Sagan. Subject line, Hi, guys. And starts his email like a lot of HPs with hi guys. hi guys i wanted to get this out before the end of the year as this past march was my 10-year anniversary listening to your show despite not in quotations fitting into your target audience i have been listening to the show daily since then for 10 years i chalked that up to having lost my father when i was young and listening to you guys is like having new funny dads which i thought was very sweet no disrespect actual dad to his father uh, you would have loved this too. Resting heart rate, 113. 113. Bowel movements like the trains in Mussolini's Italy, always on time with varying results. Thanks for all you do. Have a great holiday season. Love you all. And then he says, Paul Sagan, <laughs> then he says, P.S. There was this one time I missed the Queensway bus and I had to walk to work, and I walked past the studio, and Howard, you were there with Stan, and I think I might have waved and freaked you out. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, I, I'm not, I don't remember, Paul, but you know how I don't like people waving at yeah. me. You know, he mentions dads, and um, how about a little dad joke right now? I'd love one. What do you call, Howard, the sexuality of someone who likes men and women, but they do not like them? 
that I don't know. By yourself. <laughs> killer. All killer, no filler. All right. Hi guys. Who's next? Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from Dave Li- uh, Little. Double your audience. Hi, guys. Oh, sorry. I'm on a different page. There Hi, guys. All right, let me see this. Okay, he says, uh, hi, guys, happy happy double dong day. Yeah. I've got a suggestion to double your audience. Get your listeners to sign their wives' partners up. Dan mentioned a while back that your ratings are based on new signups, so I signed my wife up. It's been a month, and she still doesn't know. <laughs> and she obviously has never heard the story. Uh, all the best over the holidays. Cheers, Dave. P.S. Can't make the holiday party, but looking forward to hearing it. Thank you, David. Uh, no body, uh, no body uh, stats here. All right. Well, that's good. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know what? Maybe that's a good idea for our audience to uh, take up that challenge. Start signing Hi, people up that don't even uh, listen to our show. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from our friend and uh, former workmate of yours, Mike Hannafin. Hi, guys. Says, hi, guys. Yes. Uh, actually, he says, assumed sound effect. He said, um, so another show where I laugh like hell at something in the last two minutes. Dan Duran, about to get a home-cooked meal, lovingly and proudly made from scratch by his lifelong friend, Howard. Here's... That Howard already bought the bread. Dan Duran mutters, oh, so it's not fresh bread. (laughs) (laughs) Classic, says Mike. And that is classic Dan Duran. Subtle. But, you know, part of him was a little bit like, wow, wait a second. So I'm, so the bread was bought yesterday. Well, okay. If you insist. Anyway, Mike Hannafin, we appreciate you always, uh, as always, uh, weighing in on the program. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is from Gord. Subject, travel to New Zealand. Mm. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I heard your discussions about traveling to Australia and New Zealand this morning. I'm a huge fan of New Zealand and would definitely recommend making the trip. I've had three separate trips to both New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and New Zealand is one of my favorite countries in the world. Australia is great, but New Zealand packs more into a relatively small country. Now, uh, he goes on to describe or explain several ways to get there. And we I, I'm not going to get into that right now. What I will do is, uh, you know, thank you for the gesture for these um you know, these suggestions, suggestions, instructions, how to get there, talking about the connections and the hours and all that. But anyway, stay strong, he says. That's from Gord. I I, I saw that email and I just wonder what, because my brothers did that. He went to Australia and then they went to New Zealand. It's wouldn't you just if, if you're going, you wouldn't go all the way there and just go to New Zealand, would you? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Like, if you're going to go that far, why would you not, you know, at do least both of them? Away. Yeah. Yeah. He says at one point, if Fred doesn't want to spread his cheeks for 8000 for business class premium, premium economy or premium economy gives you a better, a uh, little wider seat and a better choice than economy. Whatever. You know, I'll make that decision at the time. Well, I'll tell you right now, if I do it, I'm not going to. I'm going to go first class. No. Yes, yeah. I am. You know, I got. I don't have much time left. I don't have much to live mm-hmm. 
it. So, <laughs> no, you're right. You know, seriously. Uh, this is from uh, Julie Fleming. Subject line, your Kelsey's get-together. And Julie, for uh, a lot of uh, Humble and Fred content, Julie definitely shares uh, New York Times articles with us, Washington Post articles. She's very active, anti-Trumper, uh, social justice warrior in the, in the best sense of the word. And uh, we appreciate her. She says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. I want to know, I want you to know that meeting you in person after all these years of listening for my daily listening to you at the edge and mojo while at McMaster right through to the Trump podcast days would be a real honor. David Letterman, Bill Maher, Sarah Silverman, Steve Martin, Humble and Fred. The only, yeah, I thought that was a bit much, but that's fine. The only reason I didn't ask for a spot at Kelsey's is because I can't make the timing work. I'm sure it will be a great time. Tree emoji, Santa emoji, menorah emoji, and she also finishes with stay strong. And like I said, she's been so kind. She's so good. Um, again, a lot of stuff we talk about on the show are basically articles that she has shared with us. Yeah. Well, why don't we go over to her place for a Christmas brunch over the holidays? Maybe we should do that. I think it's a great idea. Why don't we start with a sleepover? Forget brunch. Let's just have a little sleepover. Watch uh, maybe a uh, miracle on whatever's uh, or uh, yeah, what's that? yeah. And what's the other one we like? Uh, white, not white Christmas. Um, with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, uh, isn't that miracle on thirty first? No, that's the Santa one. Jimmy Stewart's a wonderful life. Oh, it's a wonderful life. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? we'll yes. go over there. We'll watch that at Julie's place and have brunch the yeah. next morning. Perfect. Okay. Hi guys. Okay. Hi guys. <laughs> okay. Hi guys. Rod Fitchett wants to talk about him being a top 5% fan of the Humble and Fred show. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Just unwrapped my Spotify. As you can see, you guys are big part or a big part of my day and of a lot of other people's lives. Love listening to you guys, including Dan. Dan Dad. Dad. Because I called him dad a couple times this week. Okay. Keep up the quality podcast with or without a mouse. Doesn't matter to me. Humble. Okay. Uh, Bowel movements. Pretty normal these days. Resting heart rate a little high at 76. Loving you, Rod uh, Fitchett. It really makes sense if you just don't think about it. Oh, that's his little tagline. That's his little tagline. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Rod. And like a a lot of people did this. They sent us their Spotify wrapped screenshots. And just for reference, Rod's listened to 11,851 minutes of our program. Mm -hmm. Program. Yes. Which is what why he is a five top five percent fan. I, I will say this. I don't know about you, but I was really I was pretty touched to see how many people sent us how long they spend listening to us. Absolutely. It's a lot. Yeah. So thanks to all those folks. Yes, thank you very much, Rod, and all those. Hi guys. Of- this is from uh, Alfonso. Alfonso Scarpa, full name. Uh, subject line is freezer stench. Hey Howard. Then in brackets, hi guys. Hi guys. Welcome back. Just listening to your December 11th podcast, and thought I'd shoot you a quick note about your freezer stink issue. What's worked for me in the past is simple uh, white vinegar. A couple of simple steps: soak a rag with white vinegar, wipe it down. 
Then fill about a half a cup of white vinegar, vinegar, I like this part, and leave it in the freezer for a day or so. Might smell a bit vinegary afterwards, um, afterwards, but that should dissipate pretty quickly. Uh, just an alternative to the Folgers option that you had given me. I'm going to do that. Actually, by the way, I, I, I'm glad he reminded me because the stench is almost gone. But I think I'm going to go get some coffee or try this vinegar because there's just a little bit of it left. Yeah. He says, um, uh, pardon me? No, I was going to say vinegar is like a, it's like, a, as far as a cleaning thing goes, it's, Delish uses it for the floor. She uses it for yeah, windows. A lot of people do. But the, but the big companies don't like you to know that, eh? Because it's so cheap. Tell Del all about this thing I, I saw online recently where you take um, a bunch of lemons. Okay. And then you stick it, you get, you get a container of just vinegar and lemons and leave it for a week or so. And so yes. now you've got sort of a lemony vinegar cleaning solution. Oh, very nice. Uh, Alfonso says resting heart rate 59. Nice. Bathroom visits frequent, comma, consistent, and surprisingly impressive. Thanks. Alfonso identifies as an original Hundy P. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Fantastic. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is from Tanya Hutton. Wrapped. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. She she says, I know lots of listeners sent in their Spotify rap numbers, but I just wanted to share that as a Hundy P since Voldemort, I fall into the top 3% of your listeners. Heart rate working overtime, bowel movements inconsistent at best these days. Cheers, Tanya. And uh, her stats... What do you have? Are you having trouble seeing that? You're, you're, well, it's way across there, and it's small. Oh, okay. 12, 000, over 12,000 minutes. That puts her within the top 3%. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that, that other... So you're, you're, you've got two screens, right? You've got that screen yes. with that one's a faraway screen. It's a faraway screen in the way this is captured. It's just like a small little rectangle in the middle. So I have to lean in. I see that. Yeah. Um, okay, this is our last one, and this is continuing this theme. Uh, subject line: Spotify from Randy Wood. Uh, no, hi guys. No, not even inferred. I'm just throwing it in there. He says, "I'm somewhat disappointed that Fred or yourself weren't familiar with most of the top artists for 2023." Fred said that as an older man, how would he know the newer artists? Randy says, I'm 71 and make a point of listening to as many new artists across all genres as possible, as well my favorites from the 50s and 60s. I wear my Beats iPods constantly or have Spotify on in my vehicle and can do whatever needs to be done while listening to music and podcasts. Here are his stats. Listen to 1,200. He goes on. He's got a bunch of stats. 29,000 minutes of podcasts. He says your podcast was second only because Countdown with Keith Oberman does four shows a week. It doesn't seem to take a vacation, even though he peaked at 20 million U.S. dollars per year as a sports commentator. Yeah, he's good. I like Keith. Heart rate 72. Uh, bowel movement's pretty good for an old guy. I, uh, I just wrote him back uh, on a couple other things, but I wrote him back and said, Randy, we've been disappointing people for a very long time. <laughs> it's not it's not new. You know, mm-hmm. it's just how we do it. Um, <laughs> he's referring to that show where we're talking about, you know, there's lots of new artists that we're not familiar with. Um, having said that, and then we're done now, by the way, these are the last, those are the last emails. The last couple of days, 
I've been driving another car from evnet.ca, rentelectric.ca, and I'm driving a Nissan Leaf, which, by the way, is a really good little car. If you're looking for an entry level into the EV world, it's really good. And, and I say that having driven a Tesla. Until the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're really good until April, and then they just go yeah. to shit. Yeah. Kidding. That's a joke. You know, it's Is a great it? vehicle. Yes. It's a great vehicle. Mm. So the last couple of days that I've been driving, and including yesterday I, when I was in between listening to this podcast, Smartless, I uh, listened to the Edge radio station. Yes. To Randy's point about new music, if there is a genre of new music that I just vibe with, it's that genre. And I know you're the same because you listen to uh, what's that channel on? Uh... Well, I listen to two. Well, three, actually. I listen to Spectrum, which is the spectrum of music. Old and new. Not so much pop, though, because so that's why I'm not aware of the pop artists. Right. But I'm aware of sort of new rock artists and rock artists, new yeah. ones. Because I listen to, and I listen to Alt Nation, which I love, which is speaks for itself. So to my, my thing with listening to the Edge for the last couple of days is that I don't know any of those. I, I can listen to a, a twenty minutes of that radio station, half an hour, not knowing any of the artists and just liking the music. Yes, I heard several songs uh, that I dug, and I just I have no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. It was weird listening to radio again. Um. It's, you know, we've had that conversation. It's just uh, because it's sort of, but but you know what? Not you know, not so intrusive. The commercials weren't bad. There, of course, there's no announcers. It would be safe to say over the past year, when I've listened to terrestrial radio, ninety percent of that time has been spent with the canoe in Halliburton. And that's no word of a lie. I know. You've mentioned that before. Because musically, you know, I've, I've got Sirius XM, which I really love musically. But I'm just intrigued by this volunteer station in Halliburton, uh, the canoe. And many days, my Saturday, Sunday mornings, I get up and I put it on. I just enjoy um, these people being creative with their musical selections. And a lot like radio used to be back in the foreground days. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Foregrip, yeah, that's yeah. my taste. You know, and the announcers, they're not very good. But again, they're volunteers. They, If it wasn't for them, the state, the station wouldn't exist. And it's very interesting to hear them. Uh, by the way, just a quick point here. Uh, Richard Bullis on Facebook, I just checked the feed, is making a good point. If you haven't received, if you entered the Kelsey's uh, Christmas uh, invite list, and you haven't received my response. He's saying, check your junk file for Christmas Kelly's Christmas Kelsey's invites, just in case he said that's where his ended up. Mm-hmm. So if for some reason, because yesterday evening I sent them all out. And um, you should have had it by now. If you, if you if you entered by yesterday, you would have had a response from us. Mm-hmm. By the way, another thing I wanted to mention too. speaking of broadcasters, broadcasting. Eric Thomas is a, a name that we was a friend of ours, a guy we've known yes. for a long time, and is just retiring from Raceline Radio. Why? Except, here's why. I guess I didn't. How old? It's funny. I haven't thought of Eric for a long time. Let's get him on. Do you remember? Did, did he do 
news? Yes, on Mojo. He was our news guy or sports guy? What, what was he? No, I think he... he Raceline was on 640 at the time, and I think once a week he would just call in and talk racing. What was coming up but this week? Wasn't he once married? Wasn't he married to Mary Ellen? Yes, he was. So we would have known him back in the... But, but by the time we met Mary Ellen, was he he was not married to her anymore. Alan, this was, is this is true. Okay, yes. <laughs> but I always liked Eric. Eric Thomas, he worked with Tom Rivers at CFTR. He was sort of um, Tom Rivers' sort of sidekick voice guy. Uh, that's right. Because Eric could do his, vo- Eric did voices, did tons of voices. In fact, if you go to YouTube, there's several clips of him and Tom Rivers during the morning show doing bits and uh, Eric did all the voices but this Raceline Radio thing I just the reason I say why is because it's such a passion for him and he loves it so much I'm just surprised that why would you give that up? Well, here's the thing. I'm looking at it now because I, I had just before I got to our Facebook page, what came up is Eric talking about his last show. But I'd seen something last week about this mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I should mention this to Freddie because both of us know him. And he's always sure. was always a really nice man. Yes. But here's what surprised me. I just, I'm just taking again all respect to the guy. I just I didn't know how much older than us he was. He's 71. Is he really? Yeah, bro. So wow. that might be the part of the reason he's like, I've had enough of this. I've done this enough. How many more race line radios? 48 years in broadcasting, which isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting up. I think this is I, I started in 1977. So what what will 2024 be for me? It was close to that. Um, and you started in 78 or 79. 79. Yeah. Well, yeah. 79. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that show will live on. Because you talk about a signature voice. And he had that whole like uh, race car driver announcer delivery. And I wonder if the show will live on. But uh, like, I can't imagine giving this up under any circumstances because it's such a passion and so much fun. And but again, I'm not. Hey, talk to me when I'm 71. Maybe I won't have the same idea or attitude. Well, older brother David is 71. And even though he's on a trip now with his lady friend in Australia, having a wonderful time, uh, I know he still enjoys working, doing things, uh, you know, some number of days a month. And, you know, who knows? Um, before we uh, get down. Everybody's on, working yeah. for the weekend. Was that? Um, Loverboy. Yeah, it was April. Oh, one. that was Loverboy? <laughs> oh, Loverboy. Okay. Hey, um, and, and there is one song I do remember from listening the other day to The Edge. It's by a band called Maine. If I screw this up, I'm sorry. I Maine Skin, Mana Skin. Mm-hmm. But, but it's called Honey, Are You Coming? It's a very, it's a very good song, very Edge One Hundred and Two, and and I, I, this wouldn't be the first time as an Edge announcer that I screwed up the name of the band. Yeah, the song is "Honey, Are You Coming?" Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Is that like a double undone? No. <laughs> Just give it a second. Like 
somebody might die, but nobody gets hurt. And if it sounds good for you, baby, just say the word, you like it. This is the kind of music where, and I mean this, like if I go to Chum FM or whatever, CHFI, or of course CHFI is playing Christmas music, I can't really relate to what we were saying, like new pop music, but I can have this on for a long time because it just feels good to me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to know this artist. I knew I liked this song right away. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, Why don't we, uh, before we get Dan back, we got some business to take care of. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, group benefits plan for small business. Uh, You know, the Chamber Plan works so well for small business because obviously it's affordable to become part of it. Obviously, you have to be able to afford it. And anybody we direct to the Chambers Plan is pleasantly surprised by what the premiums are to to be part of it. And, uh, you know, your employees will love you if you... uh, become part of it it's dental and it's prescriptions and it's therapies and it's a mental health component it's an hr department great travel insurance on and on and on uh you know actual help in real time if you need it it really is progressive it's uh, well thought out and again for small business affordable go to chamberplan.ca today get a free quote you can do that today Find out how you can become involved. And again, that message to your employees, we are now we are now under the security of the Chambers Plan. It's just outstanding. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Right on, dude. Um, so I like that song. I like this song that you suggested. Airport by the Motors. I dig this. Yes. And while we're listening to a little bit of that, let me tell you about Boron One. We had a great uh, listener, I can't remember the name from yesterday, talk about actually investing in this company. I mean, let's just say it. You know, they support us, obviously. We're trying to support them. And by telling you about all the things that Boron can and cannot do is to get your head around the fact that this, this, this mineral is in so many things around your home and around the world. But the bottom line is, this gentleman, whoever it was yesterday, again, I apologize, I don't have it in front of me, has made an investment, bought the stock, and it's done well for them. Again, we make no promises or make no claims, I should say, about uh, a company. But if you check out boron1.com, like that person did, you might find yourself uh, interested enough to uh, talk to your Sherpa, talk to our Sherpa about this company and what they're going to do and possibly make you some money. Again... You know, it's up to you completely, but do at least do some investigation. Do some research. What is Boron and what is Boron? Uh, Boron the company? Check it out at Boron1.com. Hey, bud. You know, I made a, I, I missed an opportunity today when we were talking about the fat people flying on Southwest. We should have, should have played airport. I was going to mention it, but, um... 
Well, you're the program director of this kind of thing. No, you're no, supposed I to know do? at the time, but I thought you know it was more. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I should have. Uh, Damn sorry. It. It's all right. Mm. Well, that's fine. Well, you know, wouldn't be the first time we missed a bunch of opportunities. You know. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, well. I don't know if we're gonna wipe. I sent Dan a couple stories. Um, uh, yes. I'm just waiting for Dan to come back. Do you have some stuff we could? Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff well, we that, can uh, finish big off. Big news. Big news to some. Although you know, to be honest, I, I think it's time, but it really won't affect me because I've never had trouble doing it. But it was uh, pretty much revealed yesterday and will be announced today as of January 2026. Beer, wine, and uh, cocktails will be available. Uh, canned cocktails will be available in convenience stores. So it appears to be a done deal. 2026? Yeah, it's going to take a couple of years, you know, because they got to figure out, you know, the beer store. It's going to have a huge impact on the beer store and their employees. So... I think they have to slide into it. I understand it from that respect. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, okay. But again, to me, you know, I've never, that. I've never like since beer stores open seven days a week and are open till ten o'clock at night in the GTA. It's like I've never had a trouble. I've never had trouble buying beer. You know what I mean? And even up north, Howard, a lot of these little general stores have become agency stores now. Mm-hmm. Like even in Burley Falls, where we are, within five minutes each way, you beer, liquor, wine. So, um, and that will be the profile of what's to come. These little general stores, which have uh, uh, beer and wine and liquor. I mean, the one north of us at Woodview, it's called this little town. You should see his beer cooler. Like, it's huge. Huge. Yeah, I I always, the thing that bothered me, having lived in the States, and then, of course, out west, a bunch of, you know, provinces had gone, Mm -hmm. you know, where you can buy liquor outside of the government agency. And then having lived in Montreal, where you can still buy it in corner stores, or could have bought, this is years ago. It just used to bug me that the government of Ontario just didn't trust the citizens enough, didn't think we were mature enough to buy beer wherever we wanted to. Yes. But I'm like you. I never really found it an inconvenience. I just found it theoretically sort of dumb. Uh, One other note here. Tomorrow. What? Yeah. Tomorrow's Friday. Mid-morning. I'm having a COVID shot and my first ever flu shot. Mm. I'm actually making the plunge into the flu shot world. I'm thinking of doing the same thing. Well, I did a little research, right? And there's a special flu shot for seniors, people over 65 and reading, thinking, you know, it might be a good idea to start doing that. So uh, I'm going to have a double shot power. Double shot. I'm going for COVID for sure because I'm due. I haven't had the fifth one. You don't need to make an appointment anymore. You just walk in and say, give me one, right? They have they they have your not here. Not here. Not Not here. Where? In Brampton. You have to make an appointment. Yeah. Through Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, I did. Dan, what were you going to say? I walked into the store and I said, can you just do me right now? And she said, oh, baby, come on. But um, did she no, bring up a bit? <laughs> did, she, <laughs> did she bring up first? And then I'm sorry, sir. Dan, what were you going to say? I said, can you do me right now? She said, oh, yes. The storeroom is empty. It's available. Um, That's right. She, she wanted to be near um, the cleaning solvents. Uh, Dan, what were you trying to say there? Your finger was in the air. I hope that oh, was your well, finger. Well, I, I was going to say that the flu shot, I went to get the flu shot and the vaccine, just like Double Fred, shot, double uh, shot. It did. It's already been done. But uh, when I got there, the uh, the uh, COVID shot was not available, but I had the uh, the flu shot. And for people our age, Fred, uh, mm-hmm. it's available in double shot power. 
that's the the, the they recommend that they, they you, you get basically it's a double double size shot. Mm. So oh, the flu shot. The flu shot is double sized. Yeah. Okay. Did you get any else. any side effects? Because I did mine on a Friday, so I would have a couple of days. No. If I didn't feel off or no. I felt off, or I something. felt nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like I, you. I, that's like you. But tired. that's like you every day. You feel nothing. <laughs> The Iceman, Dan Duran. Come on, Dad. Daddy. I felt a little bit tired after the COVID shot. You know, like today is a little bit, uh, but you know, it could have been something else. I could have had, you know, too many drinks the night before. You hammered. I didn't get hammered, but you you got hammered. Were you at the Peterborough Theater Guild's annual Christmas get together? Something like that. <laughs> yes, I was out. Well, I saw this I story. To the shot. I thought I this did, it was a walk-in for me on both instances. Okay. Well, I'm going tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow uh, in the morning. I'm going to find myself some COVID. I'm going to find myself a flu shot. I did see this story. I thought of you and I, Dan. Almost a quarter of Canadian students, according to this research, lack basic math skills. A quarter, Dan. That's nearly thirty-seven <laughs> 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 percent. Hey, the dad. That's a little that's monologue it. joke. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, hey, you guys. need a drum kit for that too. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, you know where I keep my dad jokes? Uh no. In a dad dad base. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Is that the sound of rain falling or that's applause, man. That's applause. And we're back. Uh, Dandaran's news. Of course, a, a staple of the Humble and Fred program. Uh, yeah, we got to get out of here because we have to get to Burlington. And we're going to uh, do a little uh, hangout at the Kelsey's, where the uh, big Christmas get-together is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be recording our program. We're not 100% sure if we're going to be Facebooking it. So you Facebook people might not be able to see it, but you will be able to download the program. So uh, that's gonna, uh, we gotta get, So we got to go do that. What are we doing here? Uh, Dan, are you ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Oh. What are you waiting for? Uh, I'm trying to remember where I put this one thing. Okay. And for thing. some reason, it has disappeared. Why is, is this that? the music that you play every day that uh, brings us into the... Uh... Uh, no, but I had it in a different spot, and then now uh, I have to start... Oh, it's, a com- it's the uh, commercial. No, sir. Well, I got to do that. Oh. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, no, I just... I had... The program had shut down. Hang on. Feeling yeah. stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle? Yeah, I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. 
My voice is nice and low. And now live from my kitchen, where last night Dan made it through some day-old baguette bread. Uh, (laughs) Even though it wasn't fresh, he did muddle through. Here he is, movie anchor, Dan Duran. Things in space. Remember uh, Voyager 1? Yes, sir. Or uh, V'ger, if you're an old Star Trek movie fan. Voyager 1 is currently the farthest spacecraft from Earth at about 15 billion miles or 24 billion kilometers, and it has stopped communicating Mm. with Earth. So it may be the end. It was uh, designed to last five years, has been zooming away from our planet for 46 years. It was launched in 1977. And now the spacecraft can still receive and carry out commands transmitted from mission the mission control team. Uh, but the problem is that the telecommunications, there's no science or engineering data that's coming back and being returned to Earth. So they're working on fixing it. Um, it's so far away that it takes 22 hours one way, 22.4. So any command and, and a response uh, takes uh, 45 hours. So mm. it, it does take a bit of time. Plus, anybody working on it has to know how to work with computer code from the three fantastic computers that they had cutting edge in 1977. So things have evolved since then a little bit. And finding people who knows that that kind of language is kind of uh, on the on the uh, well on the rare side, I'd say. But it is fascinating that a piece of junk that came from our planet is that far away from our planet and uh, up until this point still working. So, Dan, let me ask you this question as a man of science. When the aliens come back and they say, one of the first things are going to be like, hey, you fuckers, so fuck, is this yours? We're so tired of you sending your junk over to our world. First of all, we just want to get rid of this shit. Like, it'll be like they'll, they'll show up with their like 1-800-GOT-JUNK vibe, you know? It's like, come on, you assholes. <laughs> true that is true it's you know why it's true because i this guy said it's true dan what's going to happen when the aliens come to all the religious people when the aliens show up and there is no god and it's just aliens and they're you know that's a good question they're probing everybody just uh you know if if you've got a you know forward religion you'd probably just say well that's uh you know part of god's plan Mm. to uh, have more they'll come up with something well, you know. Of course, you got to keep that collection plate moving. And there'll be some mm. people trying to convert the aliens into, uh, you know, Christianity or mm-hmm. whatever the religion is that's mm-hmm. uh, currently, uh, you know, most appealing to an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know me, I'm waiting for it. I'm really, really waiting for it. What do you what do you think the odds are the aliens will be friendly or unfriendly to our species? That's a good question. I would I would hope that they would be friendly, but there's well, a good of chance we'd all hope. Yeah, that. yeah but I but think there's a pretty good chance that they're going to come here and just like wipe us out. Yeah, that's been flushed out in movies. If yes, that, that, that's, that's where I'm heading now. But not only that. I mean, if it's consistent with the history of the world, just think when new people came to new territory, there tended to be conflict before friendship. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when I hear here's why don't you answer the why don't you ask the uh, indigenous people. How friendly the uh, occupiers yeah, have been, Dan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, hey, is, is, I'm sorry. On that is there a theme? Go ahead. Give it. Ask that question. Now? <laughs> go, go ahead. <laughs> Howard was about to. No, I go ahead. To Howard. No, I defer to you. Defer away. Okay. Here's another question on that that same thing. Yes. Will the like if if we were invaded uh, by aliens? Yes. 
would do you think we would have uh, a unity in the in the uh, world yes uh, that's what i'm hoping fighting, for i'm hoping mm-hmm. that the world fighting, would come together and say fighting. well all this other shit is nonsense let me ask you a yeah. question dan if mm-hmm. jesus comes back do you think he'll be friendly <laughs> Or is he going to be? Or is he just going to be like this? Apocalypse you, time, you man. pricks, back, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, and first of all, no one's going to recognize him because he's going to be a black man or a very dark man who's not going to look like this white version of Jesus that you've been, you know, playing with yourself to all this year, all these years. Not you, by the way. Mm. All you other people. Well, maybe he'll appear uh, different to every single person that uh, he sees. So yeah, I mean, okay. you know. You know, um, restrict all his messages to the BET network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, it's time to uh, for our weekly visit with uh, I, Toronto I had Mike. Another story. Oh, I'm sorry. You had another story. Another Fuck story? me. Another story. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Do you not know we have to go to Burlington? No. Yeah, and that's uh, it's on the schedule, right? All right, go ahead. We're, we're still good. We're good. The show. All right, we're, we're good. good. Okay, just real quick, it's it's a quick story, and I think you know about this, Howard. Already, Tim's is taking its Canadian coffee to uh, North Korea. It's opened its first today. It's opening its first Seoul location, and plans to open 150 more locations. In South Korea. In yeah, well, you said North years. Korea, by the you way. You said North Korea. Did I thinking, say? Oh, okay. Yeah. I kept thinking. I'm sorry. South Korea. Because I'm thinking, yeah. that, how's that going to no, North Korea? It's Seoul, South, South Korea. Korea. So mm-hmm. Yeah, Seoul is in South Korea. It's South Korea. So sorry about that. That, that would have been a different dynamic. Yes, <laughs> yes that would have been. Uh, that's <laughs> right. I was surprised. I sent Dan this story. I was surprised by how many countries. Because for some reason, I just thought that Tim's was in north america and maybe the uk but i there's like seven different asian countries i was too china has it that have tins pakistan has it thailand has it even the philippines who knew who knew they were hungry for terrible coffee (laughs) around the planet Yeah, the, as long as they got that dark roast. You can yeah, the dark roast is not bad. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Uh, now, can I continue by my introduction? Yeah, continue on. I'm sorry. Uh, Each week, we see. meet with our producer, Toronto Mike, who not only produces this program but produces uh, the eponymously named Toronto Mike, and uh, he is the Godfather of podcasting. So, <laughs> here's the Godfather theme. This is I think this should be Toronto Mike's new theme. On the day of my daughter's wedding, Howard. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to be like, you come to me at Palma Pasta for TMLX 14 and you ask me for a favor. Yeah, seriously, Anthony's the godfather, but uh, yeah, we no missed kidding, you at eh? TMLX 14. We missed you guys. Yeah, I came into town a little bit later. I would have made it. Um, I, I, saw, I know you had a great turnout. Uh, did you spend any time promoting the Humble and Fred Kelsey's party at all? Not specifically because ah. I'm worried about exceeding capacity. It's a big concern of mine. It is, yeah. Are you gonna? How are you feeling, by the way? I know you weren't well. Yeah, I mean, I'm back. I was unwell, and now I'm uh, back. I mean, I was at a concert last night, so I guess I'm good enough to go to the Horseshoe. What? And, uh, I said no. I saw the Trans Canada Highwaymen last night. Oh yes, and they were amazing. They were amazing. I but, bet. Yeah. It's like seeing like a Sloan show, a Bare Naked Lady show, an Odds show, and a Pursuit of Happiness show in the same bag. Yeah. Really- Do they sing like the songs you know from those bands? 
100% Freddie. It's like oh. they choose four songs from their uh, respective bands, and you hear, like, I'm an adult now. You hear Brian Wilson. You wow. hear, wow. well, it's that would be that would you be should have told me I would you cut you and I could have gone down there in the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, sure. well, yeah. I, I, maybe I bike behind you and we'll see who could have leafed it up. Um, and Paige, Stephen Page will be with us next Thursday to close out the year. Literally, um, Stephen was here Monday sitting here and we did talk about that. It's 100 uh, percent. He's excited about that. And uh, so what will he do like a couple of songs, two or three songs like uh, at the end of the uh, Thursday show? I'm sure if we asked him to, like right now he thinks he's just doing Brian Wilson, but he's very uh, pro humble and Fred, so I think he'll do whatever. Well, he wants. that's nice to hear. Yeah, why don't we? I, I think it would be just fun to have him do like, um, like sure, I'd love him to do Brian Wilson's favorite song of all time from the Bare Naked Ladies, but also maybe another Christmas, one of their Christmas songs or something. Oh, yeah. I'll reach out. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe we can have a heart to heart with Stephen about the uh, Hamas situation as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's a great way to finish the year. Um, yeah, okay. Works, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, are you going to make it to uh, Burlington with us today or not? Well, what? I don't even have the time, see, because you were basically telling me I don't need to be there. You don't, and need, then to, I you don't need to be there. That's but exactly 100%. Guys, what time are you guys going to be in Burlington? Uh, 11 o'clock. Uh, but honestly, Michael, I, I, I only ask because... Uh, I'd forgotten. I told you, you don't need to go. We're, we're just going to go. We're going to walk through, and we'll tell you if we need anything from the Toronto Mike uh, experience. All right. Uh, that's cool. That's You're cool. You're cool. All right. Um, I remember that you forgot that Miles Goodwin was on Humble and Fred, and then I reminded you, and the reason I was surprised you forgot is because I was excited to book him knowing he was like one of your favorite bands growing up, like yes. the first concert, right? Yeah, absolutely. If I, I told that story earlier this morning. So do you have any clips from that? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, if you don't mind. I absolutely. just thought, we, you know, he's not making any more clips. So it's like... <laughs> that's right. That's true. There's, there's no, there's no new Miles Goodwin interviews. <laughs> right. So, sorry. Here's a little Miles Goodwin on Humble and Fred. I'm Howard. As I said, I, I looked up in 1976, April of 1976, I got to see my very first concert. And the opening act was Heart, and uh, the headline act was April Wine. And, and I tell you, for a lot of Canadians, you were the first concert I ever saw, uh, first band I ever saw in concert, and it had a huge effect on me and a lot of Canadians. So i just like to start by saying welcome to the show. I've interviewed a lot of people over the course of this career, but I was very excited to have you on the show as April Wine meant a lot to me in the 70s, like a lot of Canadians. All right. And uh, I, I wonder, do, 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 you, do you feel that from when you still travel, that people like me always come up to you and say, oh, my God, you are, I can't, I remember when you played in Scarborough, et cetera? Uh, yes, uh, I do. Um, yeah, that's, it, it's interesting. Well, I mean, we've been around for so long, uh, so many decades that, um, you know, a lot of people have had the opportunity to see us, and, and quite often because we went into, uh, we you know, we started touring across Canada uh, in the early 70s when no one else was really doing it. And so we went into um, every every large city and every small town across the country for, for a number of years touring um, after the release probably of our second record, which had You Could Have Been a Lady. Mm -hmm. uh, the very first record in 71 had fast trains, certainly opened up uh, the doors to high school gyms everywhere. But uh, <laughs> but then uh, when you could have been lazy, things got bigger and they could drop your guns. And every record had, seemed to have uh, radio friendly songs. And 
and we were touring everywhere and a lot of people hadn't seen a band coming through the country yeah. uh, like that on the tour. So they, we were the first band that they would see in concert. So, and I still hear it all the time. And it's, it's nice to hear that. So a few years back, I had gotten to know uh, Tom Cochran through this guy, Gil Moore, and I uh, became sort of friendly with Tom. Back when we started the podcast in 2011, I called up another guy I met through Gilmore playing golf, and that was Alex Lifeson. And I had golfed with Alex a few times, and Alex was kind enough to do our show, Fred. Probably one of our, like, what'd you guys say in the first couple of months of the show, Freddie? Or uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Yes. Like it was, was one, one of, of the guys that helped us, uh, you know, gave us a hand up as far as profile goes. Yes. Yeah, I sort of remember like all of a sudden Alex was on the show and was like, well, this is cool. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to I remember thinking at the time, too, that uh, we were going to be able to leverage some of the people in our lives from before. And uh, yes. So the point I'm going to get to is that Gilmore introduced me to a lot of these guys. I golfed with a lot of Canadian band members, you know, Rain Maida and Jeremy Taggart and so on. A couple guys from the hip I played golf with. But one day Gil calls me up and says, hey, I'm playing in this charity thing. Do you want to join me? It'll be you, me, somebody else I can't remember, and Miles Goodwin. And I remember being, after all those people I mentioned, pretty excited and kind of nervous that I was going to spend the afternoon with Miles Goodwin, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. I'm not sure if I mentioned that to him in the interview. But I do remember it being kind of like a big deal to me, considering I remember thinking like 16-year-old Howie Glassman in Moose Jaw eventually going to get a chance to play golf with this guy. Anyway. And and about 40-plus Canadian top 40 hits. Like he, They were sneaky successful on Canadian yeah. radio. Like Not just the big hits like Could Have Been a Lady, but there's so many songs where if you play it, you're like, oh, that's an April Wine song. Yeah. That's an April Wine song. It blew my mind. Yeah, and Freddie was saying, like, you weren't that big a fan. And I wasn't listening. I wasn't a lifelong fan. I was just a fan at a certain time in my life. But Mike's right. There is a ton of... Well, we And Dan, we played. We were on Top 40 Radio for a long time playing April Wine songs. Absolutely. Because of the CanCon aspect yep. of it. So we yep. would, uh, you know, right after the Trooper. No, yeah, they were before Trooper. And that's why Fred may be not as familiar, because you never really worked... At a top 40 radio station. No, did not. Right. Right. And when we first started, for the first four years of three years of my career, no, four, before I started doing mornings, I played music where I played on, on AM stations where you played the hits every two to three hours. And because of the CanCon rule that Dan mentioned, many of those songs were April Wine. And April Wine was before Loverboy. Yeah, yeah, they were 71 to 81 is like yeah. the hate for April wine. Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for that, uh, Mike. Appreciate it. Um, are we done? Is there any more of this uh, program? Does Dan want to get us riled up about Trump just so, so we can get a little bit? Or are you? Are we done, <laughs> Fred? Do you have any more? Well, yes, I just want to mention that yesterday was a very compelling day in the Humble and Fred show. We wrapped up the 20 most common investing mistakes with the Sherpa. It was a lot of fun. We learned a lot from that man, of course. He's the retirement Sherpa, a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And uh, Tim is at your service. Uh, <laughs> RetirementSherpa.ca. Okay. Um, 
So we'll see everyone. We're back here Monday, Tuesday. Kelsey's on Wednesday, and we're actually going to wrap up the year uh, next Thursday on our program. It'll be an email day. It'll be a fun day. And Stephen Page will be, as always, our final guest uh, before we wrap it up for 2023. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, as you know, Hubble and Fred at HubbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Tell your friends. Invite them to subscribe. It really helps us out. For Hubble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, aliens aren't here yet. So relax and enjoy every goddamn day. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. 